Hey everyone, this is the Trash to Cash podcast, and I'm Dave, the NC Picker, and here with Carrie from NC, American Art. Wait, what are you? NC, NC Builder, man. NC, NC builder. builder, Carrie NC Builder. And we actually have a special guest this week, and I'm going to add him to the stream now, very cinematically. Do some Groovy. flourishes or something, maybe a drum roll, Carrie. There you go. <laughs> He's here! This there we is go. Josh. What's up? Hi, Josh, also known as Harry Tornado. How That's are you right. doing? I am uh, better than I deserve, man. Happy to be here. Good. Listen, uh, so this is good. Josh is not like a regular listener or watcher of the show. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said yes to coming here. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Terrible mistake. But really, our secret agenda of getting you here was we wanted to see if you'd join our insurance company. We're starting. (laughs) Exactly, man. Yeah. (laughs) We're looking for agents. We don't pay commission, but we are looking for agents with experience in insurance sales. And you seem Mm -hmm. like you might be decent at insurance sales. Are you interested? Absolutely. (laughs) We, te- I we can, technically I, don't you guys are, uh, for those watching this that don't know what he's talking about i i was uh sent an email today i used to be an insurance salesman and then i left that because it sucks and i became mm-hmm. an insurance underwriter which is slightly better you get a salary and benefits yeah uh, and then i got laid off from that and that's what led me to become a full-time reseller and youtuber and somebody emailed me today and said hey I, you know found your channel and heard you had some experience in insurance and basically offered me a job selling insurance <laughs> you go, <laughs> like, you're out of your freaking mind man. You want to, are you interested in leaving everyone's dream job of working for yourself as a youtuber and a reseller and come work for me as an insurance salesman that sounds great <laughs> as tempting as it sounded uh i did Listen. pass uh, okay well, well i guess lost. you're not on board yeah <laughs> we were gonna sell a lot of insurance <laughs> Uh, so, it's funny because I could probably actually sell a lot more insurance now that I have like I could use my YouTube following to sell insurance. Yeah. yeah, you could start your own insurance. I would never company. ever do that. <laughs> uh, hey guys, are you insured? Do you have an umbrella policy? Because as a reseller, you really should. These are keys. Yeah. Shout out to the sponsor of today's video, Transamerica. There we go. The sponsor of today's video, Harry Tornado Insurance Company. HDI, uh, there's yeah. actually some pretty good money in insurance if you own your own agency. Like if you're just yeah. selling for somebody else, like it's there's nothing. But no. if you own your own agency, it's pretty good. Like because the, the insurance companies pay like a commission every time you renew. So like if you had your auto insurance with the same company for ten years and it renews every six months, every six months the guy that owns that agency is getting probably like fifteen percent of whatever your premium is. Oh, wow. Um, so if you can keep your clients for life, you could just sell insurance for 10 years. Jeez. And then as long as you keep those clients, you can just live off the commissions. That's if you own your own agency, not sell. I mean, that own. is pretty much anywhere, right? If you're the boss, if you're running things, you can. I, I zoned out. I don't really know what the heck's going on. What were we talking about? <laughs> Carrie, you remember intense. how you joined Avon? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It is. I'm in Utah, home of the MLMs. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. I so... didn't do well. Uh, okay, now here's a couple things, Josh. Um, we mm-hmm. frequently talk over each other. We're just both ADD and we can't help ourselves. So Love it. if we talk over you, we're very sorry. Um, it's well, not something it. we're trying to be offensive with. But Carrie, you do not understand how leveled up his background is right now from oh, yeah, a normal man. show. Look at that. I mean, I Where think what I? was happening. So <laughs> his girlfriend did this for him because she's like, well, Josh always has such a great background and Dave's background's mediocre. Carrie's was like nightmare fuel. Like it was just piles of trash behind it's, him. It's true. I know you guys have boom mics and rigs and lighting. And stuff, we have three like, cameramen each. I don't I know. know if you knew that. Yeah. yeah. I've got like got four a, guys over here. Yeah, yeah. I just got an iPhone and a bad attitude. That's all I got over here. <laughs> 
Your but, background is really good, though. I thought it was like green yeah. screen for a second. No, oh, thank, he has a thank shop. you. Yeah, I no, do. he this has a shop. This is outside of my shop. If you could see it, it's dark. So yeah. What's really cool? Okay, so we record this at nine or ten p.m. Eastern time, guys. Who those of you who live in Utah? So if you know where Carrie's work is, if you wanted to, you could totally photobomb the podcast. That, hap <laughs> that happens in my lives. People knocking on the door trying to get it. It's wild. <laughs> It'd be pretty funny. Um, okay. So listen, I, I don't want to start off too much with reselling. I want to start off with a very important quiz for Carrie. And I think Josh is going to figure out what I'm doing pretty quick. Um, I want you to vote. I'm going to give you 10 songs, titles. Okay, actually, 20. It's, it's going to be quick, though. And you're going to tell me I which hope. are better of the two. So let's let's start off with the first two. Which song is better? Okay. okay. Heroes by the Wallflowers or Hound Dog by Elvis Presley? Heroes. I love the Wallflowers. Okay. Number two. Come With Me by P. Diddy or Rebel Rouser by Dwayne Eddy. Yeah, anything P. Diddy over yeah. that. Okay. Number three, Deeper Underground by Jamiroquai <laughs> or I Don't Know Why by Clarence Henry. Um, uh, Jamiroquai, man. <laughs> I want one of those moving rooms. Josh, have you figured out what I'm doing yet? <laughs> Wait. He I has no idea. It's okay. I, I'm like the most ignorant okay. person in the okay. world when it comes Number to... Number four. Number four. <laughs> no Shelter, Rage Against the Machine or... Walk Right In by the Rooftop Singers. What's what's these second songs, man? You're, you're setting me up for something. I'm going to just go. The it's going to be one. good. It's going to be good. Okay. okay. So you're going to say, okay, you're going to say. Whatever the, the No Shelter Rage. Okay. Air by Ben Folds 5 or <laughs> Land of a Thousand Dancers by Wilson Pickett. <laughs> ben Folds, man. <laughs> okay. Running Knees by Days of the New. You might not have heard that one. Or Blowing in the Wind by Joan Bees. By Joan Baez? Joan um, Baez, sorry, I don't yeah, know the word. Bob Dylan cover, I'll go with Joan Baez. Joan Baez, okay, <laughs> so that's one, okay, that's one point. That's good, I didn't even notice the name. Um, okay. What are we doing? A320, this is, wait, Walk this is the Sky by a Fuel. A terrible podcast idea. <laughs> Walk the, all right, I'll just do one more there. I'll just do one more, I'll do my favorite. I'll do my favorite okay. from each, okay? Okay. Um, Brain Stew by Green Day. Oh, yeah. Or, let's see, let me find my favorite one on this one. Uh, dude, I don't like this at all. Sweet Home by Alabama by Skinnerd. Ah, dude, brains do. Okay, I was just reading off songs from what Josh thinks is the best soundtrack, Forrest Gump soundtrack. Oh. And I was versus them against Godzilla, which is my favorite soundtrack. <laughs> and you picked, 90% uh, of the time, Godzilla tracks. That's all I'm well, saying. <laughs> that makes sense, man. We're, we're MXPX brothers. We're also older than Josh, so it... You but know, jo so Josh, there has to be some specific songs you were thinking of, and they weren't the first seven tracks on that CD, were they? <laughs> no. So so when I when I think of the reason I'm so fond of Forrest Gump, and I'll admit that I know songs based on how they sound, not by the titles or okay. Like okay. the only song I recognize you just said was the last one, "Sweet Home Alabama" yes, by Leonard yeah. Skinner. Yeah. Everything else, I'm like, I've heard of Green Day, but I've never heard of that song. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so when I was growing up, uh, I talked about it in the video, but I'll re, re hit it hit on it here. When I was growing up, I wanted to sleep with the TV on, and I didn't have cable or satellite or anything in my room. So I had a VCR, and my mom let me pick out one movie to watch every night. And I just picked Forrest Gump because it was like three hours long, mm -hmm. and I was just in it for the time. Like, I wanted my TV to be on for the <laughs> yeah. longest amount of time. Yeah. So I've, I've probably seen Forrest Gump, like, consciously probably like two or 300 times, and subconsciously <laughs> maybe like seven or 800 times. I literally watch that every night. And it's so great show. I, I just, like, fell asleep to those songs, you know, like the – Sweet Home Alabama, and um, I don't, there's like a lot the of better songs. Vietnam, 
Yeah. I don't know yeah. the names, but I, like every song on that on that in that movie is just so nostalgic for me. I Even left off. I, I intentionally chose the snoozers though, because like break on through from the doors is on there. Is it CCR? Simon and Garfunkel? Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, a lot of California Dreamin' is on oh. on the Forrest Gump. I was just I was just giving Josh a hard yeah. time. <laughs> there we go, but, man. No, it's I love- a good soundtrack though. Did Godzilla <laughs> win best soundtrack of the year? In my heart. <laughs> Are you talking about the Godzilla with like uh, Broderick. Matthew Broderick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. that was a great soundtrack. I'm just saying. Seriously, <laughs> I remember Heroes the movie, was a great song. Soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Heroes, man. That like, was David I Bowie to it remake. It started. Really, that was Bowie first. Yeah, dude. It was a Bowie. The Bowie version's good. Check it out there, Kimosabi. All right, so let's give Josh a little background on us really quick, because I don't know how much Josh knows about us and Josh can give a tiny bit of background. We don't want to turn this into a long, long interview podcast or anything. Yeah. yeah. It's not but, our style. Yeah. But Carrie, do you want to tell, are, have you heard of American arbitrage? Yeah. So when I went to Utah uh, earlier this year, I was hanging out with Tim Osborne to thrift and um, he ah. was like, yeah, American Ar- arbitrage is over here okay. somewhere. And we talked about you for like five minutes, but that's, oh, cool. that's the extent I've heard your name. I really <laughs> like your cool. name. You have one of the best names in the reselling community because I love alliteration. And yeah, I'm like, cute. man, that is, if you don't all, own AmericanArbitrage.com, you should get it. because I think really, I do, actually. I think that, I do. That is a great name. <laughs> I'm not one, very one good with favorite names. Thank you, bro. But that's I all I know that. about you is that you have a good name. Yeah, that's all my girlfriend. She came up with it. She's uh, She just recently changed her name to Lady Arbitrage. But she came up with my name, alliteration and all. Um, my name was terrible before that. Hold your mic out a little. It's scratching against your shirt. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I – what was I saying? She came You're up talking with about name. Dawn being awesome. <laughs> Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. So no, I started a couple <laughs> years ago with YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram all at the same time. And TikTok blew up. Like I think I just hit seven hundred fifty thousand. So like almost yeah. to a million on TikTok. And then Instagram's doing well. And I'm trying on YouTube. I'm not quite as good as either of you guys. No, nowhere near as good as you guys. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't have the technical savvy that you guys have. So yeah, that's what I do. I resell. I have a shop. I've done a little bit of everything. I do auctions all the time now on whatnot. Awesome. That's my new thing. <laughs> are, are you uh, are you making good money on TikTok with that many followers? You would think, but it's still it's still in its infancy. I like to compare it to like the first couple years of of YouTube. I do make money. Um, like my best month is I, I've done like thirty five hundred, four thousand ish with yeah. with sponsorships and stuff. So not really yeah. comparable to you know like what you can make with you know even a twenty or thirty thousand follow um, YouTube account. But I'm working on that. Um, yeah. I think it's it's wide open. It's the Wild West. It reminds me because I had a YouTube channel back in the day, like 2011, 12, and just ditched it because I was a fool. And um, yeah, if I would have stuck to it, I, I mean, that was the Wild West back then with YouTube. It would have been easier to grow. It's a lot tougher now. I mean, you did it, you know, in the last two years, right? I've been following you since I think the beginning. Yeah, and- my first resale video is February of 2019. So it's been mm-hmm. al- almost three years. So it's definitely Wait. possible. You've been killing it. So. <laughs> Yeah, 20, yeah, almost three years. Dang, bro. <laughs> think about it. Yeah, I, I think uh, obviously it's more it's easier to grow on TikTok or Instagram, um, just because the YouTube the YouTube algorithm isn't nearly as friendly to new users as it is as TikTok and Instagram. Um, but nobody pays like YouTube. I mean, there's yeah, channels where true. you can have five thousand followers on YouTube and you could be making six figures if you do it right. So yeah, yeah, and the the TikTok thing is like. I would say the majority of that money you're talking is probably sponsorships, right, Carrie? Yep. I mean, the majority. creator fund is a bit of a joke right now. I think my best TikTok is paying. Yeah, you. it's 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 yeah, it's mostly sponsorships right now. But sponsorships are good. I mean, I'm yeah. When I when I hit a million, I'm pretty sure I'll be asking you know at least a couple thousand for a thirty second TikTok. So yeah, there's sure. there's a lot of 
lot of lot of lot of um growth there i think yeah, resellers so- are missing out man like i i still am one of the only resellers that does sponsorship stuff on a regular basis and i don't know why there it's like only the reselling community like every other community on youtube it's normal like pretty yeah. much every video has some sort of sponsor but here in, like when i started doing them like i did a, a ad for scotch flexin seal it's my first sponsorship when i had like I don't know, like eighteen thousand subscribers, mm-hmm. and they offered me like fifteen hundred bucks for um, for like a, a dedicated video, and I was like, okay, I'll do it like in a fun way, and I I liked it, and it wasn't a bad product. It was just too expensive for resellers, yeah. but I got like so much hate from that from like bigger creators, <laughs> and they're like, oh, can't believe these YouTubers. It was clearly about me. It's like these YouTubers promoting this you know, bad product. I'm like, it's not bad. It's just a little expensive. You said Scotch Flex and Seal. I'm looking Scotch at Scotch Flex and Seal. Yeah, it's like this blue bubble wrap type stuff that oh, like yeah. form. It's good for like consumers, like okay. people that mm. don't have the need to it, buy yeah. huge rolls That's of bubble of, wrap. Yeah. Just buying some stuff to ship for Christmas yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie yeah. does sponsorships. I, I've done a few. I've only done them on TikTok. I've done a couple sponsorships on my TikTok. I'm at 100K on TikTok. And I've done a few sponsorships, but nothing like I've never asked them for a lot of money. I think I yeah. undervalue myself a lot. Yeah, most people <laughs> like, do. Like, I probably do. Money. And I thought I was yeah. 500, which is what I usually go is too much. But no, people don't even bat an eye. They have a marketing budget. No, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I think you're the problem, really. If you charge more, <laughs> I'd feel comfortable charging more. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> so, so, I, you know, companies will, will have like an NDA, but like. I, like, I wish we could all get to like all resellers. Like, hey guys, let's establish a base rate for all of us. Like nobody charge less than this. And then as you grow, like we'll have in tears because I've done ads for X amount of money and I you know, talked to my friend who's got less subscribers and way less views and he got paid double, you know? Wow. I'm like, oh, man, I really like yeah. didn't take advantage of this opportunity. I mean, they, like, yard, they yard sailed you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like all these companies have a marketing budget, but if you yeah. tell them a price, they're not gonna they're not gonna yeah. carry tornado you and offer you more than you're asking. They'll just pay what you're asking. No, you know? no. yeah, they'll probably try to talk you down. That's what I'd do yeah. if I was buying yeah. from your yard, your uh, advertisement yard sale. To, to, to be <laughs> fair, if you were buying at a yard sale, you'd overpay Dave for stuff that's not worth anything. That's true. Yeah, Let's be then, completely yeah. honest. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, he just had a shoe incident just in his latest video. Yeah, it's okay. Though. I actually I, I sold that pair of Kobe's today for hundred bucks. Okay, there you go. Nice. Not bad. Not bad yep. at all. Yeah, I mean, I think the sponsorship is going to be more and more common in the future. Like, there's a company who wants me to open a mystery box on my channel, and my small channel, not my big channel, the one with the six thousand subs or whatever. And I said, "Well, send it to me. Uh, I can do an opening and a review." And you pay me first, right? I told him to pay me 250 bucks. Again, probably undervaluing myself. But anyways, that's what I told him. Said, send me the box, give me 250 bucks. And when it comes, I didn't tell them them this part. I'll record myself opening it and I will do an organic reaction. And I've decided that if it's awful, I will write them first before I go live or ask for the money and say, hey, this is going to be crappy. You want me to send this stuff back because I don't think you provide a good service. Cause I'm not doing it. If I don't think it's a good service, I am yeah. not going to endorse something. I don't like, I'm just, that's, I, I am fine with sponsorship. I hope to do a lot of sponsorships in the future, but it's gotta be something I think is decent as a product, right? Like I saw you, Josh did one on a standing desk. That's cool. I'd like yeah. a standing desk like that. I have no problem with that. I would endorse a standing desk if they want to send me a free standing desk and pay me to talk about it. I'd, yeah. I'd do that. <laughs> sure. 
You know, it's just, it's got to be something that fits. I'm not going to, like, okay, so we did it, and Carrie, I don't think you like these guys anymore, so I can troll them out loud. We, we bargain. We yeah, bargain. We bargain. I worked boxes. with them for, a, I was their first reseller, man. I don't know if they've reached out to you yet, Josh, or anything like that, but. I, sh- I recognize the name from emails, yeah. but I don't, I haven't responded. So they, they did the same thing. They sent me a mystery box and it was just half the stuff was broken. Nothing had like any resale value. And I just totally flamed them. <laughs> like they, they paid me to do a TikTok, and I just was like completely honest. They didn't complain. They didn't get mad at me. So I give them credit there. Like, yeah, that's just, I was just honest. Like, I'm going to be honest. And so maybe don't ask me to sponsor you or don't try to sponsor me if you don't have something good. That's yeah. that's all I would say about sponsorship. It's tough with people like that or companies like that because if it's if you actually get something good, people are just going to think that the company sent you the good stuff because they knew it was going to be on the video. Like I did I did a, a video for Wholesale Ninjas and um they didn't they didn't send me great stuff like it was decent but I, the margins just aren't there. Like it was all like health and beauty and stuff. Uh, I think it was mm. like a five or six hundred dollar box. And it was probably like a thousand dollars worth of stuff. But wow. like they're basing that on like CVS price. Like, oh, this stuff is CVS is fifteen dollars. I'm like, well, in reality, there's seventy five of those three packs listed on eBay for nine ninety nine free shipping and twenty sold. You know, so yeah. re- really it's worthless. <laughs> You're never gonna sell it. It's yeah. just gonna sit so, on your store for a year and a half. I don't know. It's just tough. Like if generally speaking with wholesale and like liquidation, if it was if it was really worth anything, the companies would just sell it themselves. Like, it's <laughs> valid. It's fair. They <laughs> would take all that man power that's um, put yeah. in the box. I mean, occasionally, I think I had a toothbrush in my box, like an electric toothbrush that we sold for like sixty, and you paid like a it's like a dollar eighty per item or something. But most of the stuff was just like flea market items that mm-hmm. you'd be lucky to get your money back out of. So, and it's not just wholesale ninja; it's every company, every online liquidation company I've ever heard of sends stuff like that, like just yeah. cheap items that they're sending to all of their clients. And so it, everybody gets it at the same time and it's saturated and it's, it's just how the business is. That's why I like thrift stores and flea markets and yard sales. Yeah. yeah. I was just doing an aggressive sneeze. So I had to turn my camera <laughs> off. Sorry. Didn't think you wanted to watch that in real time. Although I could have slow motioned it for a highlight or something. That would yeah. be pretty good. With yeah, my experience like... having done like a ton of ads for mystery boxes, dude, it's just, it's to stay away. I, I, it varied huge for me. Like some boxes were pretty profitable. Other boxes weren't. So, um, yeah. you know, and then e- there's a lot of room for people having expectations that aren't going to be fulfilled and, and you kind of get caught in the crosshair, you know, with people, you know, you're like the, the mediation when you're not really even involved with the product, you're just, you know, a hired gun telling the, telling people about the product. So yeah, I'd, I'd stay away from it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're blaming you because their box sucked essentially. No, actually people are pretty cool with me, but they, okay. uh, I do have to go like, you know, remember to call and text them if there's an issue and I have to kind of be like customer yeah. service sometimes. And I don't want to work for anybody. That's why I do this. <laughs> I yeah, want to work exactly. for myself. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah. But no, I, I think sponsorships will become more and more common as time goes by. Um, Okay, so I wanted to, I had this epiphany. I went to a thrift store. So I know Josh, you go to thrift stores all the time. Carrie yeah. actually lives at the DI. Oh yeah. He, he like chases the carts down the aisles. There's a cart, Dom. Let's go. He's like Heck chasing yeah, man, it. Dude. Ride or die. <laughs> uh, so you're both like much more into thrifting than me, and I think I finally came to the realization why. Because I went on Saturday, and I, I really don't often do it because I. I have a full-time job. I work like 50 hours a week at my full-time job. I'm trying to do the two YouTube channels. I'm trying to get TikTok going. And so I just don't have like a ton of time. 
And that was my realization. I went to the thrift store on Saturday and I didn't rush. Like I took my time and I found a lot of good flippable stuff. But I think the thing with thrift stores is there's so much quantity that it's a lot bigger time investment than a yard sale. You go to a yard sale, it's a couple tables. You can look through everything in 10 minutes max. Yeah. And then you just get the good stuff and you leave. At a thrift store, it could take you like three hours at my thrift store. It's that big. It's actually two shops next to each other. It could be like a three-hour thing to go thrifting. And I, I think that's why I always feel like thrifting is impossible to make profit. But once I actually spend some time this weekend, I got a bunch of profitable items. So, thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been thrifting for a decade, man. There, there's money there, but you just – my thing is like go in and out. If, I mean, with me at this point, I'll go in and out real quick if there's nothing there. I don't waste my time if it looks like it's you know going to be a barren wasteland. But on yeah. a good day, you could, you could – you know, with DI – I'm bred to chase the carts because for years those carts would come out every 30 minutes and there would be six of them. And there was like 40 of us back in the day fighting over them. And just <laughs> one time I almost got kicked out cause we got too aggressive. It was fun. I used to have a lot of fun in those places, but um, yeah, that's where the fresh stuff comes out. The good stuff that hasn't been seen yet. Um, mm-hmm. there, there, there's money there, but on a bad day, you know, I think I'm on like four or five days of not much at all at the thrift stores. Not much mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, mean, I I like thrift stores. Obviously, the quality of your thrift is going to depend on where you live. Um, like w- we went thrifting in Los Angeles when we were there. And uh, honestly, the Goodwills in Los Angeles were more affordable than the Goodwills I'm seeing down in Florida. Like uh, Drew Profit hmm. Monsters always shows like, I mean, their Goodwills are out of their mind, like <laughs> charging more than retail. Like yeah. more, you could go to the, the retail store like Walmart and buy the stuff cheaper than they have it in their Goodwills. Um, so I, I think the, those are the worst. But um, the ones in South Carolina, really anywhere in the Southeast are, is usually pretty good um, from my experience, but it, but it comes in waves. Like, I mean, I've been to, you know, thrift stores for, there's one Goodwill in our area that I've been to usually, we usually go once every two weeks and it's been probably six or seven months since we found anything there and other Goodwills like two miles away, we'll go you know, every day and find new stuff. So it, it's just kind of hit and miss, but mm. our, ours, yeah. ours here are still pretty affordable. Occasionally they'll price stuff up, but. Goodwills, our Goodwills realize that they're in the business of moving things in bulk, moving things quickly. Um, and I think I think they'd rather see the fast turnover of items rather than like take the time to list everything on Shop Goodwill and and price stuff up. Like occasionally they do, but it's just like usually they're wrong. Like they don't they're not resellers; they're Goodwill employees. If they yeah. were if they're really if they were able to see the value in donations, they should quit their job at Goodwill and resell because they'd make three times the amount yep. of money. Yeah, so they're like, no, I'll say like obviously fake Yeezys. Like the other day, my Goodwills had the clearly fake Yeezys for like two hundred fifty dollars in the glass case. But I walked up and got like you know a pair of Jordans that are selling for like a hundred bucks. We got two pairs of like Brooks running shoes that'll sell for like forty to fifty. And all this stuff is just regular six dollar and fifty cent prices. And they take the the ugliest fakest Yeezys and put you know two hundred bucks on or whatever. So well, they don't. They don't I, know well, yeah, doing. they don't really know what they're doing. And that I did run into that. Like I went and I bought. A, ba- a bag of micro machines that look like micro machines but they're like in a tightly wrapped package so you can't really and they're behind the glass yeah. right and it says on there it's got a printout on it of an ebay listing a sold bulk 100 micro machines for 250 dollars and they put this reasonable price on it of 55 dollars essentially once you know the cash discount and all that yeah. and i get it home and in there there's road uh, road champs there's imperial there are some micro machines but it's probably 30 percent micro machines which i'll still get my 50 bucks back from and yeah. then a bunch of like knockoff stuff because they don't actually know what they have and they just think they know what they have yeah true 
they're in the game of arbitrage. Yeah, they're in the game of arbitrage, just like all of us. And the problem with a lot of these stores is they a lot of the smaller stores, especially is they think they are selling to millions of people on eBay or whatever the the audience is for eBay or Poshmark, Mercari, whatnot. And they're actually Mm -hmm. selling to, you know, the I don't know, two, three hundred people that are locally, you know, there in South Carolina, North Carolina, Utah. And they may not be interested and they're not going to get eBay prices unless, you know, they take the stuff to shop Goodwill for Goodwill or DI doesn't have anything like that. The desert industry and um, savers. I don't know if they have any program like that either. So, I mean, I think it's smarter when they just churn and burn it. That's the business they're in. Find that magic spot where the, you know, people are going to still pay for it, but it's, you know, not a dollar maybe for their sake. But outside of that, I think they're just going to end up with a bunch of product they have to throw out, which happens a lot up here. Mm-hmm. I get emails and, and Instagram messages and stuff all the time from people that are like, oh, my Goodwills have increased their prices again. What did I do? Just stop buying. I don't mm-hmm. understand why it's so complicated. If we all just collectively stop paying ridiculous prices, they're going to sit on their inventory. They may sell one or two things to like non-resellers that random people that come in and find that one item that they've been looking for that they can get, you know, for an eBay price. But if resellers just stop paying, you know, $35 for a pair of used shoes, eventually they're going to have to drop the prices again. That happened with, um, you guys know Blake Knobloch? Nope. Yeah, I know Walter. I talk to yeah, him all Walter. the time. Yeah. He's, uh, he's up in like Michigan. And um, he was like flipping like VCRs like, you know, six or seven years ago before they really got popular. He was going in, buying them for like five bucks a piece, selling them on Amazon for you know 150 And then they started charging like $15, $20 a piece for VCRs. So he stopped buying them. And then they built up a huge supply of VCRs. And then they dropped the price back down to five or 10 bucks. And he started buying them again. So it's, it's just supply yep. and demand. If, the good, if Goodwill's increase their price by 5x and resellers still buy it, why would they drop their price? Yeah. Like they're, they want money too, you know? Yeah, I'm confused, Carrie. <laughs> Carrie, for some reason, Carrie, you're getting like a little whistle noise, and I'm not sure if it's like the air conditioning in your room or something like that, but it seems to be going away now. It was a weird okay. thing. I Let me see if I can Carrie. fix it. Okay. If you can, just or, or just stop breathing. It could be breathing. Just don't breathe anymore. until It might be my show. breathing. I don't know. <laughs> I do that sometimes when I have my GoPro like strapped to my chest and I have like a, a stuffy nose or something while I'm like going through my flea market footage i'll hear like my nose whistling I'm like, yeah all the- i heard it no i heard it it's my nose yeah. dude yeah. i heard it <laughs> okay. what can i do man uh, just i told you just we'll do it live stop <laughs> we'll do it oh dude I, someone just sent me that i know that's like super outdated but that guy like freaking out and saying we'll do it live we'll do it live who was that that was like cronkite or something um close bill o'reilly Bill O'Reilly, yes. <laughs> the Cronkite of the 90s. <laughs> it's funny, when uh, you said Cronkite, I immediately thought of that guy from Emperor's New Groove. Cronk. There we go. Cronk. <laughs> that's what I immediately thought about. I was like, was that in the movie? I don't that was my that. Forrest Gump, Josh. Yeah, that was? We watched yeah, that all the time. I've never seen the Emperor's New Groove. I've seen that's like clips, so I know the characters, but it's, I've never seen the movie. It's very good. It's very good. So... Josh, I think, you know, one of the other things that we're being paid to convince you to do uh, tonight <laughs> is uh, learn about whatnot. Have you ever heard oh, of whatnot? Oh, dude, it's insane. I have heard about it only because okay. of Retro Rick and Phoenix Resale. Uh, yeah. So yes. I like the idea Kayla's of it. On there now. Yeah. Like, I, I like, um, obviously, if you are a person with a significant following, like Caleb and, and Rick and, and myself, it would be really nice. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I've got a freaking sweater right now that I... It's just a fruit of the loom sweater that I bleached tie dyed and embroidered myself, it, yeah. auctioning off for St. Jude, and it's up to almost four hundred dollars right now. 
Wow. Um, so like, obviously when you have that following, people are going to pay really over retail for stuff just because they like you as a person and they want to support. So like, I think it's good for that. It's good for the creator. I don't know if it's good for the, the customer because you're going to be paying. Well, let's, let's, let me, let me talk about it for a minute. Cause I think there's something different and unique about it that you're right. Yeah. Like as like an influencer, there is that side of it of, oh, my fans can buy my stuff without me having to list it on eBay, without me having to do all that stuff. And I would say, like, I've done several auctions. It's very rare that someone's paying me over retail. It's usually yeah. about 70% of, like, eBay value, 70 to 80%, uh, yeah. and sometimes even less. Uh, there's I would been like a that. few. There, yeah, it's perfect. And there's a few items that go, like, a little over retail, but not because of me. It's because they're both there's a couple bidders who are emotionally invested and like with any auction they get into it and they're like, no, I want this one. I want this one. And someone goes overboard, right? Like yeah. Paul, the Philly flipper went into my auction and he way overpaid for Pokemon cards just because he didn't want to lose. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, what so, and a he, fool, what a fool. Yeah. He's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> but, he's um, great. no, yeah, he's probably going <laughs> to listen to this. So, but okay. So there's that side of it. But I think there's something so much deeper that normal resellers will be able to benefit from this. And that is that it has a follow platform and a relationship and like building a community aspect to so it true. in itself. So there's people on there who do not have YouTubes, who do not have socials or anything like that, but they're gaining followers because they're constantly doing these auctions where people are getting good deals, right? And I will say this, like at the beginning, if you're gonna first sign up for whatnot, you're probably gonna get like 30 to 50% of eBay value right? You're going to get a little less because you don't have the following. But those people who get the good deals are going to follow you because they get good deals. And they're going to fall in love with your personality because you're chatting with them. And this is a live sale, right? So it's like, yeah. oh, you know, Fleecon's in the chat again. He's actually someone who I've bought from who's bought from me. Fleecon's in the chat again. How you doing, buddy? And you learn yep. each other's first names because you Charlie. ship him stuff. Yeah, Charlie. See, he knows his <laughs> name. Like, yeah, and you and you end up becoming friends with these people and then you you build a community wrapped around the stuff you're selling and i think that in the future in 30 years that's more going to be reselling than ebay that's all i'm saying like to have part of it yeah i think i think that's there's no the cool part unpaid items there well hopefully there's, there's no unpaid there's items. like sometimes there's no, people can't be. well sometimes sales don't go through and they don't fix it that happens very very rarely like one percent of the time but what I've learned from doing this, because I've done live auctions in person here in Utah, I've done at least 70, 80 over the last seven, eight years. I had an auction house and, um, you know, it's all about relationships. I just goof off. I have fun. I tell jokes and then you, you build, you build. I mean, me and Dave both had a little bit of a head start because of our following, but even like, you're right. Even if you, you know, are brand new and you're, you know, have no social media following at all. If you just put on a fun auction, you're willing to let things go. We've talked about this a lot, Dave. You have to realize that an auction is not about you always making money on every item. It's about building something for the future. You know, and a good auction has good deals for, for them, you know, where they're getting steals and also good deals for you. It always happens. So yeah, mm -hmm. um, I think it's going to be a huge part of the future. I mean, I would get on and check it out, Harry or Josh, sorry, man, <laughs> <laughs> uh, check it out and just see what it's like just to to see what the bidders are doing it's insane it's it's really yeah. really awesome yeah, it's fun so I'm, I'm definitely interested the nice thing about it josh is like okay so i'm sitting there yesterday i'm like today i'm gonna list because there was no real yard sales in the area so i was like today i'm gonna list and so i go and i start listing on ebay and i list like 50 items on ebay i think i did 52 by the end of the day and in between that i was like i have to get prepped for my video game auction because i'm doing a video game auction on um wednesday night and prepping mm -hmm. for the 83 items in my video game auction took about an hour. Those 50 eBay listings took all day. And yeah. I know for a fact, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that every one of those video games is going to sell Wednesday night. 
Yeah. That is so different. Or probably and, close to what you could get for them on eBay. Yeah, exactly. But With the I video also games know, especially, you're right. Yeah. But I also know, like, my buy price on these. I rarely pay, I almost never pay more than two bucks a game. That's usually my max buy price on a game. I'm not, I'm not like Caleb, like seeking grails. I'll buy just fodder, right? Like yeah. I'll buy a bunch of fodder that I know is worth 10, 5, 10, 15 bucks. And, you know, I'll try to pay a buck or less and every now and then I'll pay up to two bucks, right? That's how I video game buy. So my buy cost is so low. And so this is something me and Carrie do. We start all our auctions at $1, right? Figuring that's like a good thing to entice people like, hey, it's only a dollar. And a lot of times people will, I'm sure Caleb's told you, that's Phoenix resale, that yeah. like once someone buys, the second order is only one more dollar in shipping. Third order is only another dollar in shipping. So once you've bought, like once someone's cracked their wallet and paid that first four or eight dollars in shipping for whatever size item it is, mm-hmm. they now have an incentive to stay and keep buying because it's only one dollar shipping. So even though they're paying you eBay pricing, they're only paying a dollar in shipping versus the eBay eight dollars in shipping. So they're paying less. They're getting a better deal because of shipping right even though you're getting almost the ebay price it feels like a deal to them which is a really interesting aspect of it too because Mm -hmm. all in one and then at the end you know i shipped i had 83 uh 80 something hats i said what did i sell last time oh gi joe's i sold like 80 vintage toys and some new toys i kind of did a mix and it was eighteen hundred dollars in sales eighteen hundred and eighty dollars in sales and that next morning i've got a big slip of hey this is what Little Miss Q bought. It's eight items that she bought, and it prints me out a packing slip on my Rolo and the actual label. And I go and I pull all the items, which are already out because I just auctioned them last night. Yeah. Put them in a box, and I mean, it's just, it's if this is the future of reselling, I'm excited. <laughs> like, if we could get everyone to drop eBay and go here, like we'll all be happier. <laughs> I've lost cool, man. I've lost yeah. all my desire to to list low ends, you know, like five to twenty dollars stuff because of this. We're, I mean, me and Dave and a couple other people, we've been testing out different types of stuff. You know, I'm throwing in random plushes in my action figure auctions. <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing. We've tried vintage stuff, and and yeah. it's selling. And I'm cool if it sells at fifty percent of comps because yeah. I'm not paying. But you know, like you, Dave, you know, one, yeah. two, three dollars on these items. So yeah. if we can churn and burn them, exactly. and just flip over. I mean, I'm doing six a, auctions uh, next week. A, a Goodwill bins where you are. Uh, in Greensboro, it's too far. It's like two and a half hours. It's not really worth yeah. it. I don't know. Would you, you drive so much? Would you drive two and a half hour to go to Ben's? Uh, Which if... way? Two and a half hours. I don't know. It's five That's hours total. Drive. It's tough. Our it's Ben's tough. is like nine minutes from our house. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. So it's it, and ours is good. Like I mean, it's it's a little crowded because we usually go only only in half off days. But I mean, I, I went on Friday and filmed a video. Um, I did a one of the first videos I made when I had like 4,000 subscribers or something was called the $1 thrift challenge. I went to the mm-hmm. bins with a dollar um, on, I think it was half off day. So it was like 89 cents per pound. So I basically get one pound of items <laughs> yeah. for a dollar. I was like, I'm going to yeah. try to make as much money as possible. And that video, I found a couple of like clothing, like scarf items and like, things like that. And then I found a Garmin GPS watch and it worked and I sold an auction for like 120 bucks or so. Wow. And I was like, Oh, that's, pretty good so I, I tried to film a part two to that one um took another dollar into the bins it d- didn't turn out quite as good but it's still fun because i mean i got yeah. like i don't know it's like six or seven items for a dollar yeah so. i mean i think bins are actually really great for content too like our bins does sell those pallets 
yeah. um, that you were buying. I did buy two. I, I tried to do the Josh, and I bought two pallets, but I'm five, two and a half hours away. I had to load both into my truck. And yes, I did fit both in my truck somehow. I don't want to talk about it. It was a nightmare. Wow. I was alone, and some random dude, he may or may not have been a homeless guy. I don't know. But he came up, he kind of stunk like alcohol and stuff. But he, he was, like, super nice. He's like, let me help you load that. And so I, he helps me load it. I did pay him to help me just because he was so nice. But if he hadn't been there, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> like, I, was, yeah. I just, like, no thought went into it. I drove two and a half hours. I buy two pallets Dude, of home I, goods. And I, I can't get too. it into my truck. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the, first, the, the second time I bought, I bought pallets, I didn't know... I didn't know how many would be available and I had bought like the first three and did the video and it did really well. I was like, okay, I definitely have to do this again. So I went to another Goodwill and they had four and I'm like, <sighs> I was looking in and there was one had like a bunch of good, like at least like yeah. four or five guitar hero controllers that I could see. And I just got overly excited. So I bought all three of them <laughs> and I was like, all right, now what? So I went, I had to go rent a box truck yeah. like from Penske and it was like, 300 bucks to rent. I was like, well, I'm in it now. So I ran a box truck and then I get there and I realize I don't have like a pallet jack. Like I have a pallet jack. Goodwill has one so they could put them on. But I'm like, I have to drive this truck home and I don't have a pallet jack. So I just backed the truck. This was like a full on like Penske, like a 25 foot long truck. Like I was like, I'm not qualified to operate this machine right now. No. But I get home and I just had to like manually just unpack the bin, the pallets on the truck and just like I emptied out one pallet on the truck and then put the empty pallet in the driveway and then dumped all that stuff in there and just kept like the train moving. Yeah. It was miserable. No, it was the worst, dude. It was <laughs> I hated terrible. It. Like you get so excited because you're like, oh my gosh. So for me, they were 10 bucks. The, the pallets were half off. I think you paid 20, right? Did you uh, pay some 10 of them 20? were 40. Okay, yeah. I paid ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so I get there and they've got these pallets for ten bucks. I'm like, well, I was gonna spend twenty, so I'll just spend the twenty still and get two. <laughs> and then I'm yeah. like, well, I don't know how logistically I'm gonna deal with this now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's a sign so of a good much more picture, than people though. realize, man. It was so much work. Like that basically like what I left that experience with was I don't ever wanna do this again unless it's for a video. Like yeah. In a personal way, there's no desire to ever do that again. No. For for reselling. Like I would never want to do it. I did the math. Reselling. I think we spent we had twenty eight pallets all together. Oh in the 28. last twenty eight all together. <laughs> the last time we went, it was half off. So we bought twelve that day at like twenty bucks a piece or twenty five dollars a piece. And by the time we spent all the money on the pallets, um, the second time I bought the 12, I hired somebody. I posted on Facebook. I was like, hey, they might have a truck that could help me move 12 pallets across town. And this guy did it for like 150 bucks. Oh, my gosh. It was the wow. best $150 I've ever spent in my mm. life. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. It was, it was awesome. But uh, all in all, I think we spent like, I don't know, like 1200 bucks or so on this. We had to get a storage unit. And, yeah, you got a storage everything. unit. I think yeah. we made a profit uh, just on reselling stuff of like, two grand or so like made our money back and made a two thousand dollar profit but then we made 21 videos out of it and at the yeah, last time i checked yeah. i think we made like almost 30 grand from the adsense from those videos those were so, how i discovered you that yeah, i mean yeah, that, that was, was i think a big growth phase for your channel right oh yeah that was the first yeah, yeah we went from like i think i was stuck at like 26 27 000 subs around that time and then we went to like 60 in the course of like 60 days Ooh, I'm ready so we, for it, Mr. More Google. Double. Was that was that before you right went now. full time or no? No, I was full time immediately. Yeah, because I remember, or maybe it was a video where you talked about how you um, went full time and you were in insurance. Because I've been following for a while. I don't know if that was you were full time when you start, or sorry, you were part time when you started and then became full time later. I forgot, but 
Yeah. So I was, I was part time from like, um, I listed my first name on eBay on Halloween of 2018. And I started, uh, started the YouTube channel September of 2018. And I started making reselling videos combining the two in February of 2019. And then I got laid off in August of 2019. And then the pallets were like April, May of 2021, 2020, sorry, 20. Wow. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think like a good reseller does stuff like this. So you have to be curious and you have to take chances. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll realize if you don't want to ever do it again, Dave, without help or whatever, but you gotta, you gotta be curious. You gotta take chances. You gotta see, I mean, that I've cut my teeth on doing stuff like that, doing TikTok, doing whatnot. And it's paid off for me. It's been one of the things that I've had an edge with because I'm always willing to just kind of dive in and I fail in a lot of things because I do that. But um, I think you cut your teeth, you see what works, what doesn't. And it led to growth for you and your, you know, your channel and also, yeah. you know, reselling, you made a lot of money and yeah. you know, whether you do it again in the future or not, really, it's already paid for itself. Some of my highest paying videos are when I screw up. <laughs> it's true. And you do that often. I do. People love to watch it. Really it really is. Man, like, people love like seeing you make a mistake or like lose money or something. Somebody yep. the other day was like, what would you do if your garage burned down? I'm like, I'd make a YouTube video about it. <laughs> Yeah. It would be one yeah. of 10, baby. Yeah. But it's a, so Kayla, the homeschooling picker, I don't know if you've heard of her, but yeah. like I discovered her because her house got flooded mm -hmm. and her thumbnail was like a reseller's nightmare. And I was like, well, what's a reseller's nightmare, right? The show me pickers. Like I know a bunch of people discovered him when someone sent back a $600 item completely destroyed. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's totally like a sick human nature thing to be like, Oh, let me, let me watch your pain. Like, yeah. <laughs> this must've been why it, the Coliseums it, it, were a thing. It's always, like when I get suspended at Facebook Marketplace, it really wasn't that big a deal because we don't sell a ton on Facebook, but the video is still one of 10, like a month Ooh. and a half later. Ooh, I wonder what my video from today is. I immediately clicked curious. on that one. I'm like, it can't be eBay. It can't, it's gotta be something yeah. else. I didn't catch see, it right that, That's first, when so. you get, like, I guarantee you, if I would have put like, I, I don't remember what the title was, like suspended for 60 days, now what? If I would have said Facebook Marketplace or indicated it was Facebook in the title or thumbnail, it would have been five of 10. Like who cares, it's Facebook. Yeah. But like, five of 10 it's a, is fine. It's, you gotta clickbait has such like a negative connotation but you have to do it like it's your job as a content creator to <laughs> make people click on your content like that's yeah. what youtube wants they want you watch it and so if oh, you can get people to click and then still provide them like a good video to watch like not total clickbait it's not like i said i was suspended then i wasn't i was suspended yeah. i just didn't tell you where it's yeah. perfect clickbait yeah. right there you tell yeah, the truth done, but you yeah, little exactly. bob and weave I've yeah. done one true clickbait where it was like a total lie <laughs> and it's still one of my best videos as far well as done, performance Dave. goes. Here so, goes your... Well, okay. It was kind of a total lie, right? There's, I go to the yard sale. The guy's like, what do you got there? A GoPro? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, so am I on camera? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, so we should, we should start a fight and then we'll see ourselves on the news. Yard sale turns bloody. Like he did it in this very animated way. So my title was yard sale turns bloody. Actually, that was the thumbnail. Yard sale yeah. turns bloody. And then my title was, Beautiful. I'm glad I wore my GoPro to this sale. <laughs> but nothing happens, except I did leave that line in there. So I don't know. Is that clickbait? It's. I don't think so. I, I mean, I had so the either. quotation marks. It said yard sale turns bloody with quotation marks. So it's just something yeah. I said. <laughs> when I think of clickbait, like one of my guilty pleasures in life is watching like compilation videos on YouTube of like, ghost footage or like alien encounters or whatever yeah and i'll get excited when i see one i'm like ooh, that like security cam footage like a cool thing with a red circle around it i was like what is that and you watch the whole video and that clip is never in there at all I'm that's like, the worst oh, i hate it like I hate it 
Yeah, that that's just cheap. So, and there's a guy on my NC Flipper channel, and he always is commenting, "What's with the clickbait again? The clickbait, the clickbait. It's never really clickbait, right? Like I did a, a video thumbnail. It was I sold 50 items in an hour, and I did. I sold 50 items on whatnot in an hour, just like your Facebook thing, yeah. right? It wasn't on eBay. It was on whatnot, and I did make like a grand doing that. Yeah. And so I think as a reselling channel. That is an interesting piece of content for resellers who watch me, right? How did he sell 50 items an hour? How did he make a thousand bucks in an hour? And because of that, a bunch of people have gone and signed up to sell on whatnot, right? Yeah. So I was like, just for fun, you know, I do so many videos on my Flipper channel that I was like, you know, I'm going to do no clickbait at all and just see what happens and just put a picture of my face and like just a totally like generic title, generic thumbnail. And it's 10 of 10. And the guy's like, finally, a non-clickbait title. And I said, and I responded to him, I said, and it's my worst video in six months. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people, the, the people that don't understand YouTube, like, expect that you could just provide them, like, a video is like, w my wife and I buying things at the flea market. Like, nobody, yeah. nobody's going to click yeah. on that. Like, yeah, it's what <laughs> happened, but you yeah. got to yeah. jazz it up some way to make mm -hmm. it at least sound sort of interesting. There's so many resellers <laughs> right now on YouTube, and yeah. you've got to do something to stand out you know it's true i desperately want to get in an actual fist fight at a yard sale or lose <laughs> yeah. a finger like a finger that i don't use that much you know yeah. something something i can live without but you know just give me that bump you know get it to the next level you know yeah. <laughs> a little boost that is <laughs> slow so, slow boost <laughs> i'm assuming this continues josh but the way youtube is kind of like a, a a monster emotionally to me like it'll give me this really delightful bump where I'm like growing, 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 and then I'll just be like, mm. and it'll be like, it'll level off, but it'll, it'll level off lower than the high, but not as low as it was before the, the bump happened, right? And it's yeah. like, that's the YouTube thing, right? Yep. But it's like so depressing on the down. <laughs> like, you always get so sad. So does that continue yeah. happening? Like where it's yeah, just I, up I, and then It's, it's kind of like, like a set of stairs, but instead of the stairs being flat, they're like, pointed down towards the next stair a little bit so mm. like you step up and then it slowly goes down but then you step up again but again it never really dropped for i mean sometimes it does you see people all the time that were like really big you know three yeah. four years ago i'm thinking like rake and profit i mean when i first started reselling he was the one of the biggest creators on the platform and then i don't know what happened i just kind of lost interest and apparently everybody else did too because he's got over hundred thousand subscribers and he gets like 1500 views a video or something so I'm like, yeah, oh, that I've never, mean. <laughs> but I've never dug happen. into that, like with him specifically. Like a lot of times, if you see that happen, you can go and look and see a noticeable gap in content. Yeah. I would say that's the most common thing I find when that happens. Is you go and you say, oh, they or took a, four months or a drastic off. change in the mm -hmm. type of content they're making. Yeah, yeah. He did. I mean, I'll just say this speculatively. He did kind of go course heavy for a while there. Yeah. I wonder mm. if you know being focused on the courses, which is probably could possibly be making him more money. I don't know. Yeah, um, that change might have might have changed how how many people view how accessible it I think is to the only thing that viewers. people dislike more than sponsorships is paid courses. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, I agree with that. Let me yeah. teach you how it, to it sell. I never I never want to come off like if you want to do a course, do a course, man. I don't care. Like if you if you got people that want to buy a course, like that's that's great. You know, I, make your money. But personally, I, I just think like just being normal and not salesy, like sell merch, sell you know, stuff on eBay or whatever. Like I would yeah. never, ever, ever do a course. I thought yeah. about it like six months give ago. Your, give your information, you know, like your, your tips away and then you can make money on different, different venues, whether it's sponsorships or merch. Exactly. That's how I think of it too. Yeah.
Mm-hmm. It's, it's more like the long haul. Like uh, you look at Nicole State, like she made her Poshmark course, which I took and it was actually a really good course. And she made a ton of money, like a ton of money from that course, even though mm-hmm. it was underpriced. But then she got too salesy and she did like the the mystery box wholesale stuff. And yeah. I mean, she's basically lost her whole channel. Like she's lost the respect of, I mean, there's still people out there that support her, but I mean, she basically scammed everyone <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's like the, her whole future of YouTube is gone, you know? Yeah. It's, and I'm just like, again, I have the full-time job, so I'm not like desperately seeking anyone to pay my bills. Right. At this point. Um, so I don't need to do any of that or resort to that. I have a guy I work with. So I work with a company that does make like video production equipment. And I, there's a bunch of creatives that I work with that are also like on YouTube and things like that. And there's one guy who's constantly like, Dave, we need to make a course. I'm like, no. He's like, we need to make a course though. We could make it so much better than anyone else. I said, yeah, but courses, I don't want to do courses. He's yeah. like, no, we got to do a course. I said, dude, I'm not ever doing a course. Like I just, it's like poison in this, like everyone who does it in this space yeah. gets like shunned it's weird how much people hate it in this space it's it's really weird i mean i i'm I not opposed just to think it you're all. like you're charging people for information that's already out there which is exactly what every course is like casey True. neistat is doing a course like a video course it's like 250 bucks but i might actually take it because i love casey and i, I would love to hear what he has to say mm-hmm. i don't think i'm gonna learn anything incredibly groundbreaking but i think it would be kind of helpful and I think if you have that mindset going into a course or like the Rally Roots mentoring group, like I've heard a gr- tons of great things about that from people that have actually taken it. But I know they lost a ton of viewers because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's so like is a that, trade-off. It's a mentoring group. So it's not like classes, but it's just like a personal relationship with them. Is that how that works? Honestly, I, I know there's like a private Facebook group involved. Hmm. Um, and I think there's like some exclusive like video content that isn't available on their YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. And I think they used to like sell wholesale privately to their people that were in their mentoring group. So mm. there's a couple different benefits. Yeah, to I think it, that but... kind of that kind of idea is cool. Like, become basically like, <laughs> pay to be my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Essentially, is people what that sounds it, like. But like, yeah. it's not that you you don't want to be everyone's friend. It's just that you don't have the human capacity to be friends with every single person in the world. Like, okay, so this is a weird tangent with my ADD that I'm all of a sudden thinking of TikTok. So on TikTok, Josh, you're only allowed to follow 10,000 people. And I am always getting complaints that I don't follow back. Hey, don't follow this guy. He doesn't follow back. But I have 100,000 followers. I literally cannot follow everyone back because it's not possible on the app to follow everyone back. Carrie, you know, 70 times or whatever can't follow people back, but they still get angry. And it's like you have to have this base level of understanding. Like you can't be everyone's friend. You can like everyone you can be nice to everyone but it's not possible to be friends with every single person who views your content as much as you'd love to you're you're preaching to the choir brother and so this okay go ahead finish i i just i pride myself in being very responsive like i i'm i'm confident that you will not find a youtuber with my size following that is as responsive to comments and, and dms and emails as i am like it it's it is exhausting. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it's it's the it's my least favorite part of the job. But I try really hard to. I mean, I've got I only have nineteen DM requests on Instagram right now. But by the time I like start answering them, I'll have people responding to my responses, and so the number never goes away. And I feel bad because I'm like I'll have to just stop responding, or people are like hey, I asked you, yeah, I saw this item in your video from September fifth, and I want to buy it. Like I love you. Thank you for wanting to do that. 
I don't know what items you're talking about. And Fo- you're like, follow, first follow mass, me on. You're probably already sold. And I love follow. you so much, but I just can't. I, like you said, I don't have the human capacity. Yeah, it's not to, possible. Like, keep yeah, relationships it's... going with everybody. It's intense. It's intense. Instagram DMs, man. They're, they're, I they can the they can take hours of your day if you're not careful. <laughs> I'm the worst in this group. I promise you, I'm the worst at it. I have like a much smaller following quantity wise than both of you, right? If you think Carrie of your TikTok, uh, Josh of your YouTube, I have the smallest fo- smallest following here. I guarantee I get the least DM requests on Instagram. I only have like two thousand followers on there, and I don't respond to hardly any of them. <laughs> It's just, it's so, I wish there was a way to like filter out because like I love helping people. Like if there's a person that has, has a like a, an actual issue that I can help with, I would love that. But those people get lost in the in the flood of people saying, hey, I found this pin at Goodwill. How much do you think it's worth? All day. Like, <laughs> all day. I don't know, man. No, I we do know. know. We do Soul know. Listings, my friend. <laughs> we do know. And this is the problem. And this is why I told Carrie I have to stop because they ask me that, Josh. And then I go find out for them. And I spend like 15 minutes on WorthPoint and on Google Lens and on eBay. And I write it back. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's worth $6. And I'm like, why did I just do that? Like, why my is hack, that worth my time? My hack is I say, I just guess. I just guess. I think it's like 10 to 15 bucks. And then if they want, because it's just like, I have a general idea in theory what a lot of things are worth, I guess. I just guess. And I, then, can't um, wait I tell the... them I guess though. I say, I'm guessing it's about 10 to 15 bucks. That's smart. You go do further say, research yeah. on yeah. eBay. Yeah. It's a great place for, for finding that info. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's like, and Kerry was saying he does the same thing. Like sometimes he will just like actually look up an item on Yeah, Google I do Lens. sometimes. <laughs> just like why are we doing this yeah we're just vas at this point (laughs) the other so the other thing i get often is just like people emailing and saying hey i saw you buy video games do you want to buy my video games i saw i looked them up on ebay they're worth 500 would you buy them for 350 and i'm like no No. (laughs) i don't want to buy your video games do you see what i pay for things (laughs) are you not watching a lot to like do bulk buys and usually it's like they don't realize that we still need to make money you know they're asking too much or it's, it's like, I don't know, like, we don't really need inventory. Like, obviously, like, we get, like, we make most of our money that comes from YouTube. So, like, the stuff we're buying isn't because we need inventory. It's because we need content, really. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm like, I'm not going to do, like, a private buy and get 400 items from you. Even if it's, a, I mean, if it's a really good deal, then maybe, if I could bring my GoPro. But, like, I don't know. Like, the other day, I bought some hats from a viewer. I bought, it was, like, 50 of them, paid three bucks a piece, and those were okay. Like, we didn't make a video about it or anything. I just did it because she was local to here and we met at Goodwill. Um, mm. But I don't know. People just send us. It's just not exciting. Like, I don't think it would even make for good content. Like this viewer sold me, you know, $500 worth of stuff for 200 bucks. I just what? bought 200 Avon cologne bottles. <laughs> Let's see how much I lost. <laughs> right, you really? so, no, he's not. That's okay. no, good. <laughs> no, no, no. Somebody no. actually sent me a picture. They're like, I just bought all these at Goodwill. I didn't look them up. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, I have several <laughs> very popular TikTok videos telling people not to buy those. And there is a very strong community that does not like me saying that. There's a, yes. my grandma bought that. It's got to be worth some money crowd. Mm, and yeah. uh, they're, they're out there. Dude, Josh, so funny, if man. you want like, so I'm sure you get plenty of negativity on your channel, right? TikTok, though, is a cesspool when it comes to commenters. <laughs> like, it is so aggressive. I'm convinced one of them is going to murder me at some point. Like, they yep. hate me. These haters on there hate me so much, it's not even healthy. Like, they'll, they'll say something and be like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad you're spending your life ripping people off. And I said, you're spending your life 
hate following me and hate commenting on my videos, which is worse. <laughs> like, yeah. I had a dollar for every <laughs> notification that just came down over my phone when I'm trying to be productive and focused. It's just like, F you, man. I'm like, dude, I was in a good mood. <laughs> I'm like in a zone and I'm getting, you know, unfocused it's, all of a it's sudden. No matter, it's no matter what you do. Like I'm not on TikTok, but we're getting on um, Facebook. Um, well, and I can pitch you guys a company now. It's called Jelly Smack. They basically um, they're looking um, at my content right now. Yeah. Oh, they are. They are. Commonwealth is doing Jelly Smack. Me this week. You over, but uh, oh, Kevin did. Kevin did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about it though. But Kevin said that you know the comments on there are pretty. I don't think it's as bad as TikTok, but it's it's worse than YouTube for sure. Yeah. People just YouTube. don't. They, they just think you're taking advantage of everybody. It's like, oh, why yeah. would you pay them a dollar? Because they were asking a dollar. Why didn't you pay them twenty? If you, it's like, I've noticed. I've noticed with YouTube Shorts though, because um, I had that one video you re-edited for me, Dave. It's like at seven hundred thousand in this last week, and it's just yeah. nothing but garbage comments. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> like it only brings out the people who yeah. just want to make yeah. fun of me. You know, which yeah. God bless them. Well, and that's that's okay. So me <laughs> and Carrie have talked about this on the show, but Josh, since you know it's your first time, we can we can talk about it and get your thoughts on it. But we think the real big problem, especially with short form content, is that there's no time for context. There's yeah. no time for the context of, hey, yeah, I paid them only $2 for this item they were asking $2 for. But overall, I spent $50 and they were really excited because they didn't want to go to the Goodwill that day. Right? Yeah. Like, there's no time for that context. They just see, oh, you paid $2 and then you sold it for $500. It's like, yeah, but at the time, I thought it could be worth 15 Right. Yeah. I didn't know it was worth 500 when I bought it. Yeah. I found out later that it was an ultra rare version or whatever. And it's it's that sort of context that they can't get that you can you do should have a gone back job. and paid them 400. <laughs> yeah. There exactly. are people that crazy. Yeah. But there, I think on YouTube, people are in there for like the full conversation. And at the end of the video, when you do your wrap up, you say, wow, I was really shocked this was worth so much. Right. On Facebook and tick even Facebook is the same way. It's really short, short stuff like Jelly Smack yeah. is taking my stuff and they're dicing it up right now. And they're yep. they're trying they're testing small form content on Facebook, yep. and I expect since people aren't going to have all the context, I'm going to get a lot of hate on there, just like I get on TikTok. To the point now where I'm intentionally editing my videos to make them angry, because the angrier they get, the more it blows up. <laughs> it really is like I think I think for most people that's a good strategy. I think we we have built like my persona, you know, of being like the nice guy of reselling. Like oh, you mm -hmm. paid double what people are asking or whatever. Mm. Um, I don't think that would work for me, but for you, go for it, man. That's what I'm doing. You're going to be pissed <laughs> off either way. Too. Yeah, well. Here's, he, here's a question works. I have. Sorry, Perry or Josh. I know your name, dude. I don't know what the heck I'm saying, but I wonder with you're at like what? 220,000 subs on YouTube or 225,000 uh, right now. Yeah. Something like that. Are you, I'm wondering like, where does the reseller in like the reseller followers in, and just regular people? Cause I know with TikTok, I'm getting a lot of people who don't resell. You know, they're just maybe it's a treasure hunt. Maybe it's just they like I did a toy video and they dig it or they like that. I sometimes talk about sports cards. I don't know. But I mean, I wonder what the level is because you're going to be the one testing it as you get bigger and bigger. Like how many actual hardcore resellers are th are there out there and how <laughs> interested are they? And just it, you're going to become like, you know, the American picker guy. Like there's just going to be people voyeuristically watching your life that don't want to do yeah. it at all. You know, but they just like I mean, it. I, I think that's the goal for us. Like I think. um yeah, I've said on Instagram recently that I want to be I, I think we're going to be the first reseller channel to a million subs. Um, you know, Paul, we got a lot to catch up to, like with Paul Cantu, but I don't think he's going to have any significant growth spurts anytime soon. Um, I think that'll come mainly because like we get our channel will get exposed to people outside of reselling. Like um, yeah. our, I think our audience right now is mainly resellers that want entertainment. Like we're not 
like I try to add like little helpful tips and tricks here and there, but I'm probably not, if you've been reselling for more than a year, you're probably not really learning anything from, from our channel at this point. Uh, but I think a lot of people watch us just for like the entertainment aspect. Um, and I mean, I've, I don't know what the percentage, but I mean, we get comments like some lady was in Russia. She's like, Hey, I'm in Russia and I don't even resell. I don't know what's going on, but I've seen every video you've posted in the last like three months. I was like, okay, cool. I love it. So like, I think people are yeah. interested in the content, like, but pe just, there's so many people out there in an untapped market that don't know it's this true. exists. And I'm not necessarily wanting to go like, like I've, my old boss has a radio show in Columbia. He's like, you should come on the radio show and talk, tell people to follow you on YouTube. I'm like, I'm not going to get on a local radio station and tell everybody in my immediate area what I'm doing. <laughs> like, hey, go to this, look up this, this guy. Road, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, it's a fine balance. Like, yeah, I'm on YouTube telling literally millions of people what I do, but it's, it's, it just feels different doing it like that. So, yeah. um, I don't know. It's, a, it's just a fine balance of reaching a new people group and like letting them see what I think like our conversion rate, people that are finding our channel are subscribing at a really high rate. So it's, mm -hmm. we're really just dependent on YouTube to push it out to new viewers. Yeah. Um, so I think as long as we keep up the consistency and keep, you know, posting good content, the, the numbers are going to keep rising. Um, I don't think anybody's going to lose interest in reselling anytime soon. Even if somebody doesn't resell, like if they try reselling and it's not for them, I think they're still going to be interested in watching other people um, do it successfully. So I just got discovered, okay, by a coworker on TikTok, okay? Mm -hmm. He reaches <laughs> out to me on Slack and he's like, dude, you have 100K followers on TikTok. I didn't even know you resold. I was like, oh, are you a reseller? He's like, no, but I like old video games and you always find old video games. Your TikTok is awesome. So I think we're already touching it, Carrie. We're already yeah. reaching those people and who there, just love the treasure. They love there's the retro. Worldwide, there's worldwide yeah. demand too. Like I think I'm probably 70, 80K followers in the UK. I think I have 10, 20,000 followers in the Philippines and in Mexico. Yeah. Um, there's a I mean, ton in the Philippines. There's a ton in the Philippines. A ton in the Philippines. Australia is huge. Obviously, there's a lot of big Australian you know, pickers and, and resellers. So I mean – a million you're just touching the surface of what your what your youtube channel is going to be capable yeah. of man it's going to I mean, keep even growing you, like if you if you could like if those people are following you on tiktok there's no reason they wouldn't follow you on on youtube if they knew you were there i gotta like, figure out a smooth way to one of your videos to get that. shown to them on youtube and they're going to yeah. be hooked yep yeah and i and he's actually it's cool he's been starting to edit his youtube videos in a very tiktok style to match his tiktok which i think is key for him um yeah, but, but i think you should start throwing like a little watermark on all your videos and uh, youtube.com slash American arbitrage. Like at the oh, bottom. Yeah. I always get nervous that like TikTok is going to get mad I do it all the time. They've never fussed. I, I okay. do it all the time. I think you're fine. Um, yeah. I don't think, I don't think you have to worry about that. I really don't. There you go. So I think you should do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so Josh, you have your own podcast called the triple triple thrift podcast. We do. And I was actually very excited because Josh brought me up. And even though he didn't know the name of the channel he was thinking about, he did enough for it to get like, you know, some recognition. The NC Flipper channel is my second channel, which I think is kind of a, a unique thing that I'm doing in the reselling space. Not super unique, right? Like Shed Flips does it. Commonwealth Flipper does it. But I'm doing something very different in that I'm it's a reseller pull your orders show where I spent about 20 minutes 20% of my 20 minutes talking about the items I sold 
and the other 80 percent is a vlog it's, about my life it's stream of consciousness you're just it's just my brain spewing nonsense and people are into it and yeah. it's weird that people are into it but it's i like weird. it so i like I, it you know, i've, I love I've it. talked about this on on our podcast like the people that are like when when people find reselling they get addicted and mm. when they're not sourcing items they're they're home listing and they want to listen to more reselling content so they're constantly scouring youtube for something they could put on in the background while they're listing or shipping yeah. like there are so many people I look out there and your yeah. content on that channel is perfect for that yeah yeah and that's how i look at it like and i say it all the time like you guys don't need to watch me just listen i'm just chatting with you as i pull my orders like that's how i talk it's like yeah. this is me having a conversation with you for 20 minutes every other day and it's just like a mini podcast, right? It's mini podcasts saying, oh, this is what happened. This is a funny tidbit. And I think a lot of people could do it. I mean, you do have to be able to kind of basically, like Carrie said, stream your consciousness. And I, I don't know if you knew this, Josh, but I did like a Minecraft channel for a long time. And I did like 200 Let's Play videos where you're wow. playing Minecraft alone and you're just talking to yourself. It's saying, yeah. okay, now I'm going to build this here and I'm going to do this. And oh, yesterday I did this. And right. It's just like your brain vomit constantly. So it got yeah. me trained in doing this. So when I'm pulling orders, I feel like I'm using that learned skill. Although that YouTube channel kind of, yeah, that, that didn't really amount to much. Right. Yeah. But I did learn a skill there that I can now use and say, Hey, this is what's going on in my life as I'm pulling orders. And I know that, um, I can't, I'm I, not Joey. What's, uh, Drew? Drew. Yeah. Drew. Was saying he struggles with his YouTube channel, and you were recommending he did something like that. I think he totally has the personality to do that. He to he yeah. always has something to say. Like he totally could just get up there, pull his camera out, and just chat while he pulls his orders. Like I think he'd That's be. That's what I told him. It. Like he he has all these like grand ideas for like yeah. these yeah. Mr. Beast style reselling videos. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just vlog, man. Just vlog. Just yeah. Just say, it's fine. Just say what's on your mind. Well, I, I mean, you. I can't tell you how many times I'm like packing my orders. I've got like thirty orders in a night, right? humble brag <laughs> and uh <laughs> i'm looking for some reseller live streaming because i don't want to watch them i just want to listen to people chat about reselling while i pack like it's yeah. just something and, and that's anytime like so i was trying and this is i'm all over the place this is why people watch me they like it um the reason i started my minecraft channel is because i wanted to learn how to use slime blocks to make moving contraptions in minecraft and i couldn't find enough videos back then and so i said well i'm just gonna learn how to do it i'm gonna make videos so i can help other people and I want more content to listen to while I'm packing. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to make content that I would have listened to if I was packing. Yeah. And so I would love for Drew to do it because it gives me someone else to listen to. And packing takes a long time. So That'd the more awesome. people that do would, it, the better. <laughs> I wouldn't have to listen to you so much, man. Exactly. So yeah. I listen to Lonnie. I listen to Kevin. Like, I just put them on while I pack. It's just it's a great way to just pack orders. Yeah. But what I find people do instead is they start a YouTube channel. And this is, I'm not trying to offend any of you out there who have a YouTube channel, but they'll sit there, they'll look at their camera and say, yeah, I sold this digital thermometer today for $25. I paid four. I sold this thermostat <laughs> for $8. I paid one. I sold this phone for 200. I paid 50. Thank you guys for watching. Have a good day. And I'm like, well, that didn't really do much for me. <laughs> like, yeah. I, <laughs> I had to look to see the item the whole time. Like it just wasn't something I could passively listen to. So anyways. it really is a skill, like being able to, um, you know, like put your thoughts into a, a sentence that makes sense while filming and appearing confident and like a normal human. A lot of people get on camera and they just, I don't know, it just feels so fake and so forced. And, mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it, it really is a skill, like the ability to talk on camera and be normal and, that's avoid true. a bunch of fillers like um and what and but and all that stuff 
Yeah. Uh, so you do a great job. You with can, it. but you can overcome ums and buts and edit. You can, you can do that in post. Yeah. Right? You can remove the ums and buts. So if you do struggle a lot, and people will like reshoot a bunch, and if you just learn to edit, you don't need to reshoot as much. Wouldn't yeah. you agree? Like the better you are at editing, the less reshoots you need to do. Yeah. You know, so if you can get really good at editing, it's okay if you're awkward because you can edit out the awkward <laughs> like where you sit there and you're like, what was I going to say? Or if you think it's funny, you can leave it in there and say, put some words up on the screen. I think the man, I'm a moron. Like I do I that think, sort of stuff I think all the, the time. The awkward is what's compelling though. You know, especially yeah. with your people, stuff. Yeah. You are, yeah, I'm just you know, awful. I was thinking of um, Caleb's awkward. new video, uh, Phoenix Resale, his, uh, the editor Phoenix. riff or whatever, um, like occasionally he'll like mess up something or whatever and riff will leave it in there and just like show yeah. that yeah it took caleb four tries to say the sentence you know mm -hmm. so yeah, i think I do it, that it's kind of like a mid mid video blooper or so yep people people don't want to see perfection because they're not perfect right mm -hmm. the most common comment i get so okay there's three kinds of comments i get on my nc picker channel it's a mixture of love and hate on my TikTok, it's all hate and on my nc <laughs> flipper it's almost all love right and it's because i'm so vulnerably me and they're so connected to me that they know I've got enough going on that I don't really need the hate. <laughs> like yeah. they know, I know I mess up. They know I'm a failure sometimes and they know I know it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I screwed up again, guys. This sucks. Don't do this. Like they're learning from my mistakes and they're not judging me necessarily for them because they know I'm very open about them. And I think that's kind of cool to be just very transparent about it. <laughs> like Carrie's Instagram stories. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. All day. <laughs> do you the motivational you ones or <laughs> Carrie's motivational Instagram stories have got to be my favorite thing in my life right now. I don't know if you watch his stories, Josh. Have you ever seen his I stories? I don't think so. I need to follow you. Yeah, uh, dude. dude. I mean, so his story, do you like sports? Are you a sports guy? Um, I like college football, and okay. I watch, like, the major golf tournaments, and that's pretty much it. Not So, no, I'm not really a sports guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the only bad thing about Carrie is he's, like, super lame about how much he loves sports, and he just never him, stops talking about them. But, okay, actually, you know what? Let me airdrop this to my computer. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you guys something on the show because I like to really keep it. Dude, spicy. it pumps me up. These motivational ones pump me up. Yeah. Okay. So let's see if I can find it here. Let's go. It's a quick time. I'm gonna share my screen. And now, okay. So this is an audio podcast as well. I think there's like 200 people that listen to the audio. Um, Welcome so you, back. Yeah. I mean, if you want to see this, you would have to. Um, you you would have with to get to the YouTube channel. Check out All the right. visual. All right, so you see this, right? You got this. Probably. <laughs> Carrie, you know what it says, though, right? Can yeah. you just, like, how about you just say it? Say it like you said <laughs> I don't it in remember this video. what. You said you got this. You, you got, oh, yeah. <laughs> you got this today, man. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, it's the <laughs> truth, just, though, because. Him, like, he didn't even dry his hair after getting out of the shower. He's like, nah, no. I'm not going to dry it. I'm just going to be wet, and I'm going to say. You got this. No, the more Probably. absurd and ridiculous I look, the better. It's just going to get intense. I'm going to start doing – I'll be wearing a dress by the end of the, the year doing these. But it's just all about just – you know those You know those Stuart – you know, you're, you you remember the 90s pretty well, Dave. Like the Stuart Smalley, SNL things like you're good enough, you're kind enough, and <laughs> yeah. doggone it, people like you. It's yeah. just that whole thing. Just yep. silly inf inspirational quotes that with a tinge of doubt. <laughs> there was another one where you were in your car and you were like, I, I'll have to send them to you, Josh. I tried to screen grab them all because <laughs> I plan on like after like, I lose up, them. I don't know what happened to them. After I've saved up like a year of them, I'm going to do like a 30 minute inspirational carry video. 
of just him and his ridiculous stayings. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more professional and toned down tonight, but... Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so Josh, I know it's getting late, and you're like me. You're not a, you're not a late bird like Carrie. Carrie goes to bed at like four in the morning and wakes up at like one in the afternoon. Yeah, if I go to bed early, yes. Yeah, and uh, I go to bed at like ten thirty or. In our last podcast we recorded, we haven't put it out yet, but I'll give you a little sneak peek at it. Joey was going on. Joey's uh, he used to be a mailman, and he quit his job like seven or eight months ago to go mm-hmm. full time. And he was getting all passionate, passionate. And he was like, man, people are just lazy. Like today I woke up at 10. I started work by noon and I had 45 <laughs> things listed by five. I'm like, that's a, that's a pretty lazy work day. Like, yeah, yeah. Good to with 45 things. but we gave him such a hard time. I'm like, Joey, you're just ranting about how people are lazy. And then you say you woke up at 10, 10. and still didn't start working until noon. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And Carrie's uh, just over there. Like, but see, I will give so Carrie. I get a lot of work done at night, though. That's and the thing. he works. Yeah, he'll work late. Like, it, yeah, I don't know if you heard him. He said he's done doing what six whatnot auctions, and they yeah. are a lot of work. I did. I just finished a four-hour nine thirty p.m. to one thirty a.m. auction yesterday. So yeah, I do three, four hours because the sports card crowd. I do a lot of sports card ones. Um, they, yeah, uh, they're night owls, late. and there's yeah. there's a you know that's what I do. I look for those late at night because I'm I'm a night owl. So yeah. That's yeah, crazy. There's a, there's a crazy. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing two auctions. It's my first time doing two auctions in a week. And I, I will say, like, I do market my auctions a little bit. Like, I say, hey, guys, I'm doing this. Like, I dropped my G.I. Joe find. So, so Josh, I went and I found a giant bag, a Ziploc bag, five-gallon or one-gallon? One-gallon Ziploc bag of vintage G.I. Joes from 1982, 1983. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I paid $5 at a yard sale because I'm a monster, of course. Yeah. Just go back and pay them more because you made a ton. I sure did, right? So I I don't know if you know much about G.I. Joe's, but those are worth about $20 to $100 a piece, and I had 32 of them in the bag. Wow. So it was an insane haul. And so that video dropped the same day as my auction. And in that video, I said, I'll be auctioning these off tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on whatnot. My link is below if you want to check it out. And there was some real, and see, this is this is the cool thing about whatnot starting to happen is there were some real collectors that saw that video and came in, discovered whatnot, and they've been messaging me saying, "Oh, I'm addicted to buying on whatnot because I'm a huge toy collector." Yeah. Right. And it's not they're not just buying from me, right? This economy is like, it spreads, right? Me bringing them in has them buying from everyone else. Well, you follow categories. In. So if exactly. you're into action figures, you just follow categories. You see who's live, and you, you get to see who you like and who you dislike. Yeah. And you just say, okay, I like these guys, so I'm going to tune in whenever they stream, and I'm going to get some cool collectibles. Like, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of cool that my video was able to help them get in. And, and what I tell my viewers is, like, in the beginning, don't expect to get 70% of eBay price. Like, go in there with inventory you paid almost nothing for, so you're okay with it selling for a buck and paying yeah. 50, getting, you know, 70 cents after fees or whatever that price is, right? Be okay with that for a while. Make sure you're using inventory that's cheap enough to do that for a while so you can build your audience and then start getting 30% of eBay value, 50% of eBay value, and then eventually 70%. And these card guys carry the people you watch. You said that some of them get more than retail value. Like if you check out a guy on Instagram, his name's card collector too. He has like 70, 80,000 YouTube, like 80,000 Instagram. And he's getting double book, double, double eBay prices. And he gets two, 300 people in those live auctions. Me and you, Dave, we're starting to flirt with a hundred people on our lives. And that, that really, it really changes the game when you get that many people, you know, yeah. everything sells at that point for a decent amount of money. So yeah, yeah. that's it. It's that's fun. pretty cool. So is it just like, um, 
you know, every like Rick did like all video game stuff. Caleb did like some some vintage T-shirts and uh, mainly video game items as well. Like, are you guys just selling like toys and <laughs> games? Or it's, it's the best for this. Go yeah. Ahead, this, so this is categories. They bring you in typically for a category. It's a little tough with us pickers because we do a little bit of everything. But they brought me in for toys because that's like the secondary thing I do to sports cards. So. I got brought in there, and then once I started doing that, they inter- you know basically I could once you get in, you could sell anywhere. They have categories, um, they have toys, they have sports cars, they have Pokemon. Dave got brought in for Magic. He knows nothing. Magic cards. And <laughs> let me repeat nothing about Magic Another. cards. That was the funniest auction ever. And um, once you get this in, like we've been like a draft. That's pretty much yeah, <laughs> like seriously. Much we were just making up names and stuff. It was awesome. It's a, a card. It's magical. I don't it's know. It's magical. So yeah, he did one. You know since he got brought in for that but now we're doing like, one there's a lot of us kind of trying new things on there that haven't i don't know if they've been done um you know like we're trying kind of general auctions i like to stick to collectibles and not like start getting into pots and pans and like here's a you know <laughs> just a random you know like uh odometer or something you know i'm trying to say this at goodwill yesterday i found like a 24 inch sylvania tv that mm. had like the vcr and dvd combo yeah. at the bottom yeah. for like 12 bucks i'm like i'm sure this is worth Three hundred dollars oh, yeah. to somebody, but I'm not going to be the one shipping it to them. So no, I left it. It's a pain. No. So what we're doing though is we're kind of doing mixed auctions. So I'll say, yeah. okay, I'm doing a vintage hat auction, and I will do, you know, I will preload sixty vintage hats in there, or vintage and new hats, right? Mix them up. But then I will also, when I feel like the auction's getting boring, I'll be like, oh, you know what? Let's do this action figure. And I'll throw yeah. that action figure at a buck. I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, let's do some ephemera. You know what ephemera is? Like old paper yeah. goods. I'm sure you know. Yeah. And yeah. so the ephemera has been killing it for me. Like I, I've got a ton of ephemera that I've gotten and I'll just grab like a handful of ephemera, put it up there and kind of walk through it. And it'll sell for 35 bucks all day. Like a little handful of like 15 pieces of ephemera because people know the value of that stuff. And I'm not great with it. So the stuff that, that stuff. yeah, I do really good on that. So we're just kind of, we're, we're doing, we're sticking to the category, but then throwing in whatever as yeah. we go. It's kind of like so, yeah. jazz, dude. It's Seriously, it's like you start, and I'm sure you're starting to feel this when you're doing lives. It's like you kind of feel what people are digging and what they're not. And every night it's different. So like the other night, me and Don are working together, my girlfriend, and she's like, they're they're wanting Disney stuff. And we have, you know, mountains and mountains of Disney stuff. So we start feeding them Disney stuff. And then they get bored and they're not bidding. So we're like, we got to go. Like you were seeing with the G.I. Joe, they wanted G.I. Joe's. But then at some point, maybe the prices go down a little. You're like, let me throw something that isn't G.I. Joe in here, like a, a dragon or you know, an Austin Powers action figure or whatever you had around, you know, your desk. That exact thing happened, yeah. And then when I went back to Joe's, I sold the highest price one of the night, you know, because I was like, I changed it up. So, all right, we're not going to keep Josh up. All yeah, he's, Josh, he's tired, man. thank you so much for coming on the, uh, what's this thing called? Trash to Cash podcast. Trashy, it's mostly trash. smelly cash podcast. Yeah. Um, we would be happy and love to come visit the, the Triple Thrift podcast sometime. But definitely, guys, go check out Josh's show. I'm sure you know of his YouTube channel, but if you don't, give him a sub. Uh, make sure you unsubscribe from American Arbitrage on TikTok. Please. And I don't need if you any can, more. just give him some hate comments. He's Please. far too loved. I'm really right, offended because he didn't follow me back on TikTok. Oh. What? Who, I didn't follow you? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he was I, I uh, referencing a joke from earlier, Karen. Oh. I, I felt bad because I was like, I don't know if we've talked on Instagram, and I went to go follow you, and we've DM'd multiple times. <laughs> I just, you just got lost in the flood. It's all right, man. It's all good, brother. Yeah. Don't like, worry. Oh, yeah, you're busy. Yeah, talk if anybody understands, it's, uh, it's uh, not me, but somebody else. Yeah, actually, you're very hurt. He's very hurt. I can see it in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, fun, yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate right. it. Thank you, guys.